Welcome to Reach for the Pod, the Indiana Daily Students, Indiana Hoosiers football podcast. Recording here ahead of this weekend's game against the Ohio State Buckeyes, a big one here in Bloomington, Hoosiers 2-4, and four, uh, looking to right the ship this season. Obviously, uh, not been up to anybody's expectations, but uh, this team still has a couple big games left on this schedule. Schedule still tough. Uh, and certainly a big opportunity this week, a night game, and ABC kick, Saturday night football. Coming to Bloomington for the first time, actually, ABC's Saturday night football will be here. It's a big one. Uh, it doesn't get much bigger than this, and a game the Hoosiers have not won in a long time. Try 33 years. Yeah, been a while. And joining me to talk about uh, this week's game, this year's edition of the series, he's assistant sports editor at The Lantern, the student newspaper at The Ohio State University. His name is Jacob Bench. Jacob, how are you doing today? I'm doing well, Patrick. I appreciated your the emphasis. Um, but I, <laughs> it's I, the only I'm time this year I'll get to do it. Yeah, I'll take it. We it's, uh, It goes under undervalued on campus. You know, it's just, you know, it's the Ohio State University over here. But whenever whenever anybody can get the chance to say the, you know, I appreciate it a little bit more. You toss it in. Right. Yeah. We all know that the university did try and trademark it. You know, it tried to trademark the. Give it a shot. You, hey, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take, right? So they gave That's it true. a shot. The shot didn't go in, but you keep shooting. And uh, shooting they have done because this is a high shooting offense, this Ohio State team. Way to transition there. Let's talk about this team. Um, so coming into the season, this is, you know, a new year for Ohio State. A lot of – not a ton of changes on this roster overall, but changes at, you know, the two positions in the backfield. Running back – and quarterback, you're starting freshman at both of those positions. This Ohio State team is, you know, losing two more experienced players with Trey Sermon getting drafted by the San Francisco 49ers and Justin Fields, of course, the starter for the last two seasons. He's a Chicago Bear. So looking at this team now, C.J. Stroud is the quarterback. Obviously, he struggled earlier in the season, you know, in that Oregon game. He did put up good numbers, but there were some, you know, overthrows, I would say, were, were his main concern. Throwing high was, was definitely an issue in some of those sideline passes in that Oregon game and struggling against Minnesota, too, in a win. But he's gotten better as the season's gone on, and I think the biggest revelation for this Ohio State team has been Trevion Henderson, the freshman running back, a true freshman, a five-star player. This guy is among the best running backs in the country, and, you know, after Indiana stymied, uh, another one of the best running backs in the country, Kenneth Walker, last week. I think it's going to be interesting to see how this defense responds against another great running back in Trevion Henderson. 100%. You know, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see if Trevion can keep up the pace and score a touchdown in every single Buckeyes game of his career because he's done that so far. Yes, he has. A very um, impressive stat. It, it's incredible, you know, to see the way he can – get when he's in space and he finds the hole and the way he just explodes through them and just gets past that second level. It's something that I definitely haven't seen when watching football. Um, and we saw when Ohio state last played against Maryland, that he's not just um, dangerous on the ground, but through the air as well. He, he only had like a career high of one catch in any of his games coming into that game against Maryland, but he had, I think four. And then he took two um, to the house for touchdowns through the air. So he really showed his versatility there. He's just a really explosive impact guy there that Ohio State's really been put to use. And, you know, a lot of people have talked about how he's not probably getting as many carries as he should, but he's really making the most of um, the opportunities he's had. So he's just a really dangerous, dynamic player. Yeah, and you talk about him coming out of the backfield, catching passes. I think that's something Indiana's really going to have to worry about, especially, you know, Tom Allen in his press conference today. He mentioned that we don't know if – We'll be seeing Taiwan Mullen. He could be missing a third consecutive game. Mullen, 
out with a foot injury, missed the Penn State game, missed the Michigan State game. Reese Taylor, another starting defensive back, a guy who could be missing this week as well. Uh, and when you're going up against, we talked about Henderson, when you're going up against what I believe is not just the best receiving room in the nation, but one of the best receiving groups in the history of college football, I know that sounds like hyperbole, this Ohio State group is special. This is, I don't want to push the envelope too much. I'm not sure I've ever seen in my lifetime a better group of wide receivers. There are guys who would be the top receiver leading the nation in yards on any other team in the country. We're like number five on the depth chart. We saw, uh, you know, one guy who, who transferred out Jamison Williams. He was going to be maybe the fourth or fifth receiver on this team. He's number two in an absolute game breaker for Alabama. This group is incredible. And when you're going to be potentially short, or even if they, those guys play, if Taylor and Mullen play, you're still dealing with injured players at cornerback. When you're going up against Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Marvin Harrison Jr., and Julian Fleming, you're in trouble. Yeah, it's a really dangerous uh, wide receiver room. We talked a lot about in the preseason how deep and dangerous that room is. There's a lot of – it's kind of top-heavy just given that Olave is a senior, Wilson's a junior, and then Smith and Jigba is a sophomore. And then a lot of their incoming freshmen were highly rated recruits. But it's still dangerous nonetheless. Emeka Igbuka, uh, last time out, Mm -hmm. or a few weeks ago, he proved how dangerous he was in kickoff returns. So you can only imagine how dangerous he is when he catches the ball through the air. But like, as you mentioned, Patrick, Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson really lead that decorated room there. Chris Olave, as we all know, he's a deep ball threat. Garrett Wilson is just a guy who can catch a ball and make a play. He's so springy. He's so um, athletic. And so those two guys complement each other really well. Jackson Smith and Jigba is a guy who fits really well in the slot. can be dangerous if you forget about him. And then, you know, the tight ends, you know, they can be dangerous and just pop up and surprise you. Um, I think Jeremy Ruckert only has one touchdown on the season, but they, uh, they contribute a lot in 12 personnel. They help block up front um, and allow plays to develop. Um, but you can't take your eye off any of them, whether it's three wideouts out there or Jeremy Ruckert on the line exploding off for uh, – for a play there. Um, there's just so many weapons that Ohio state has. Um, and as you mentioned, there's, they're so dangerous and that team's got to keep their eye on them. Yeah. And one name, I think a lot of Hoosiers are going to be familiar with is Marvin Harrison, Jr. Son, of course, of the legendary Indianapolis Colts receiver, Marvin Harrison senior. Uh, that certainly makes me feel old hearing that I grew up watching him and those Colts teams uh, with Peyton Manning, Edger and James and all of them. Uh, but Olave in particular is one I, I would love to talk about here. Here's a guy who, you know, comes in as an underheralded three-star recruit at Ohio State, and he's been developed by this staff into the best receiver in the nation, bar none in my mind. And a story Indiana fans I think are going to love about Olave, and this has been going around for a couple of years, but certainly been circulated this week. The reason Olave was recruited to Ohio State was because Ryan Day and his staff were in San Diego looking at his high school teammate and best friend. Jack Tuttle, who's the expected starter quarterback this week for the Hoosiers. So a neat little full circle moment there. Uh, I'm sure there will be some, some features and some, some pictures of, of those guys uh, before and after the game. Should be a, a nice little relationship there. But Olave, uh, if you want to contain him, what do you do? Can you contain him? Is that even a thought? Well, I think just touching back on our last topic, if you double him up, you're going to leave somebody else open. And that's exactly. Yeah, it's pick your poison. You. Yeah. Yeah. So good luck with that. I mean, Olave, he had a little bit of a challenge early on this season. He had two weeks where Ohio State played Tulsa and Akron only had two catches. Um, that was kind of like some of his least productive stretch of his career, but he's still 
and in the rest of his games where he's played normally and had those normal uh, outings, he's produced over 100 yards receiving, 117 yards receiving. He leads the team in receiving touchdowns. I believe against Maryland, he caught a touchdown where a Terrapins DB was all over him. D- defensive pla- uh, pass interference was called against him, and the touchdown still stood. It's just it goes to show how athletic and how um, talented Chris Olave is. So. He's just so dangerous, and I think he's got a really bright future um, once he does uh, move on from Ohio State's program. I think that's something you can say about pretty much any guy in this receiving room, you know, down to the people who we only see in garbage time and blowout situations, you know, uh, down to, you know, some some of those guys who are are still five stars. They've got five stars, six players deep on this roster. It's just – it's incredible. I'm I'm not sure we've seen anything like it in in the history of the sport. Uh, Even some of those great Alabama teams – weren't that deep at receiver it's it's unbelievable uh, and i've said it a couple times this is going to be the the biggest challenge indiana's going to see this season uh i mean they've they've played some tough teams penn state's good iowa's good michigan state's good um cincinnati's great ohio state's a different beast yeah i definitely agree and you know it makes me think back to last year's game when ty fry Vogel just uh, just put on a show uh, in the receiving game against Ohio State. I believe he had up over 200 receiving yards, which, I mean, for Ohio State to allow that to an opponent kind of just blows my mind. I'm, I'm curious what kind of production he'll have against the Buckeyes this week, Ty Freifogel, um, and how the Buckeyes will plan around him. Um, despite Penix being injured and Jack Tuttle being in the mix now, um, I'm, I'm just curious about the receiving game because, you know, it's kind of what Ohio mm-hmm. State hinges its offensive prowess on is, Henderson, as we mentioned, being explosive out of the backfield. Um, and then the receivers just complementing it in a way where it's like a puzzle. They fit perfectly together. Yeah, and you talk about that Indiana receiving group and really those Ohio State defensive backs too. Still no official word on who's going to be the quarterback this week for Indiana. We're expecting it to be Jack Tuttle as Michael Panix continues to recover from injury for a fourth consecutive season. Uh, Tuttle is the anticipated starter for this game, but nothing official there. And Fry Fogel's a guy who has struggled this season. He's dropped a ton of passes. That's been his biggest issue is drops. He, he looks like a different player from last year. And, you know, last year he did have a, a breakout season and he had his first breakout game against Michigan State. And then the week after goes into Columbus, goes into the shoe and does go for over 200 yards. Really almost single-handedly him and Penix will the Hoosiers back into the game and make it well, just a one touchdown loss. A game Indiana very well could have won. They had the ball late. Had a chance to drive and win. Uh, evidently, time ran out on them. They didn't get it done. But India's a pick six away, you know, that, that uh, Penix threw to Sean Wade from winning that game or at least tying it, sending it to overtime. Th- this game last year was close. From the first half, it wasn't. The second half, Indiana came back. This game this year, I don't, I don't see it happening. I think Indiana has regressed so much on the offensive side of the football, and there are a lot of people you can blame for that. You know, you can say it's Panix's injury, it's, um, it's the offensive line, it's Freifogel just mysteriously not being able to catch the ball anymore. And the most popular pick to blame is Nick Sharon and the offensive coordinator for his scheming, or if you ask some certain fans, lack thereof. You know, it's a good point. You know, we talked with Ryan Day earlier today. Uh, He had his radio show on the local station here in Columbus. How, you know, last year, Ohio State just didn't do a good job finishing the game. They gave up too many explosive Mm -hmm. plays, uh, let Indiana come back and make things too close for comfort. Um, And, you know, we we know what Ohio State's offense can do. They can probably, you know, carry their weight themselves. But Ohio State's defense, um, this may be one of their biggest tests of the season. I know they've been tested against Oregon and, you know, and against Rutgers and Maryland early on in Big Ten play. 
Uh, I'm curious how the defensive line, Ohio State's defensive line, will go up against, you know, Indiana's offensive line um, that they kind of saw last year. Ryan Day talked about how this this Indiana team is so veteran and they're so experienced um, on both sides of the ball. And so I'm curious just how the defensive line will continue to kind of do their thing. The linebackers, of course, have been one of the bigger stories just because the entire unit turned over. Mm-hmm. Ohio State lost all four of its starting linebackers. And then, of course, this year they moved one of them into a hybrid bullet safety linebacker role. And we've seen Ronnie Hickman just really take that and excel with it. He's the team's leading tackler. He has a pick six to his name. I believe he has two interceptions to his name. And so um, he's added to a secondary on Ohio State that's really, you know, built and improved um, and kind of like risen up like a like an uphill um, kind of trend where, you know, I believe they're on a streak of like four straight games of taking an interception to the house. And wow. so I think they're improving. I've definitely heard a lot of talk about how they haven't reached their peak yet. Um, and so I'm curious how they'll do against a team like Indiana, where Ohio State is going to go into this game and try and prove that last year um, was just, you know, a kind of different game for Ohio State. And they let a team um, a team in late and they didn't, you know, play two halves essentially against Indiana last year in 2020. Yeah. And you talk about Ronnie Hickman there. I just I want to bring this up real quick for Indiana fans. Uh, when you think about Ronnie Hickman, you know, that hybrid role safety linebacker. That's the same thing as the Husky position on Indiana's defense. That's what Marcelino Ball does. And that's, you know, been Marcelino's ball's position on this team for about five years now. He's been around forever. But, um, yeah, I, I do think that this Ohio State defensive line is going to have their way with Indiana's offensive line. You talked about that there. Um, this is an excellent defensive line for Ohio State. And let's be honest, this is a team that prides themselves on defensive line year after year. Um, this is what they do. Uh, every single season they have a great defensive line. This year, Haskell Garrett, Jack Sawyer, um, you know, an old guy and a young guy. And JT, I can't pronounce his name. Uh, to, can you pronounce it? JT Tuimoloau. Tuimoloau. I'm not going to forget it this time. JT Tuiolamau, uh, him and uh, Jack Sawyer, two five-star freshmen. Tuiolamau uh, was recruited out of the state of Washington really late in the recruiting class, got to campus, you know, after most guys. But uh, I don't think either of them have missed a step. Those are two elite players coming off the edge. Um, but the guy you're really going to have to worry about is Haskell Garrett there on the inside. Haskell the rascal, as uh, one Gus Johnson would call him. Uh, I think that's an awesome nickname, by the way. Um, Agreed. Yeah, this uh, I'd be shocked if this Ohio State defensive line doesn't have their way, like every defensive line has had with Indiana's offensive line. It doesn't matter if it's Penix or Tuttle at quarterback. They're under pressure, and they have to get the ball out quick. And this week – doesn't seem like it's going to be an exception. And in fact, it could potentially be even worse. You know, it's a good point. You talking about Ohio State's rushing defense is the numbers are still a little low just compared for Big Ten standards. And, you know, talking about Ohio State's defensive line, we've heard so much about the Bosa's, the Chase Young's, um, and, you know, the next crop of who's going to be the next best Ohio State defensive end. Well, this year, it's really been about the defensive tackles and the guys on the inside. And you mentioned Haskell Garrett. Mm-hmm. He's played just like – you know, he was an All-American last year, and he's got such a unique story um, just with off-the-field the stuff happening there. Yeah, yeah off-the-field stuff happening and then just going out and being an All-American last year. He's turned it up a notch this year. I believe he leads the team in sacks. Um, or no, he's a half-sack behind a true freshman, another defensive tackle, Tyleek Williams. So yeah, another the story a lot for of Ohio freshmen. State, it's, it's impact freshmen, and it's unbelievable, both sides of the ball. Um, Ohio State's defensive line is getting it done on the insides. We've seen guys like Zach Harrison, uh, Javante Jean-Baptiste, Tyreek Smith, guys whose numbers aren't um, maybe where they wanted them to be. 
Um, but they're still setting the edge a little bit and allowing for, you know, Ohio State to kind of just go through the A, B gaps um, and just get the teams through that way. You know, it may not be traditional, but it's still producing results for Ohio State. And I'm sure Ryan Day, Larry Johnson, they'll take that. Right. And th- this you talk about all those freshmen who are making an impact on this top five in the nation team right now, ranked in the top five. It really it's you think that's surprising for a top five team. But when you look at the way that Ryan Day is recruited since taking over the job from Urban Meyer, Ohio State always recruits well. And they always have and they always will. But it's been a different level under Day. And we're seeing the fruit of that come into play really in his what second full recruiting class as the Ohio State head coach. And I would I would argue maybe even his first because you start recruiting these guys when they're a junior. So um really his first full recruiting class, 2021, the first crop of guys who he's hand-selected himself, uh, they're contributing in a massive way from year one. And honestly, next year's class looks even better. It does. It's so impressive, you know, how Ohio State continues to rank among the best programs in the country in terms of recruiting classes. And, you know, Ryan Day continues to say it, maybe even underplays a little bit. They're getting better every snap they take, every step they take, every play that they play. They're getting better. Um, so you're curious if he maybe expected the production that they're producing this year. I mean, you see guys like Denzel Burke in the secondary who leads the team in pass breakups, you know, just, you know, we talked about seven banks earlier, how he was supposed to be the veteran in the defensive backs room. And, you know, he's kind of being outshined by a true freshman. Um, and so it's just really surprising them in the safeties position, Ohio state played a little bit of single high early on in the season that didn't work out too much. So Bryson Shaw dropped back and now they're playing a little bit too high, uh, back there but you know it, it's the young guys getting it done in a college football game where you know veterans can sort of prevail guys who have played an advanced style of game and you know it's 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 interesting because we mentioned how last year was the pandemic season a lot of these true freshmen didn't play high school ball as seniors mm-hmm. so to pick up the pace where they left off is just impressive and and that's probably understanding it a little bit yeah no it's definitely an impressive thing that they've done with this team but I'm going to look at this game from Indiana's perspective real quick. I don't think they're going to win this game. Just going to spoil my prediction now. Uh, I don't know if they've got a good – I don't even know if they have a shot to win this game in all honesty. That's not to say that this is a bad team. I think it's still a good team that's, you know, drawn the short end of the stick with having the hardest schedule in the country. But they haven't been able to come up to the challenge and win these games. If they were to win this game this week, I think it would take – Everything we know about this offense changing overnight, it would take the defense, number one, playing its best game of the season, as, you know, they've played plenty of good games this season. That's saying something if they were to play their best game against this team. But it would take the offense doing things we've never seen from them before, at least this season. We've never seen from them. It would take, you know, an all-out effort. I think Ty Freifogel would have to be the player he was last year. I think the offensive line would have to be respectable, and I think Nick Sheridan would have to be more creative than he's been. I don't see any of that happening. I, 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 it, there's too many factors at play. I don't even think this is going to be close. Uh, maybe I'll, I'll cast a little bit of uh, positivity towards your way. Ohio State did allow Tulsa's quarterback, Davis Brin, to throw for over 400 yards That's true. Uh, a few weeks back. So, I mean, if Indiana can, you know, stop Ohio State from getting a defensive score, um, that's definitely really turned the momentum in some of these games. Um, if Indiana can, you know, channel Fry Fogel to play like he did against Ohio State in 2020, um, perhaps that'll go in a huger's way. Um, of course, if CJ Stroud plays like he did early on, maybe misses some of those passes as we talked about, um, slows up Ohio State's defense a little bit. And then, like, looking at Indiana's numbers on third down, 
Um, it looks like the Indiana's defense does really good on third down and holding teams from converting. Yeah. And so I mean, if Ohio defense. State, yeah. yeah, if Ohio State can convert late on those downs and they hand the ball over to Indiana's offense, putting pressure on the defense on Ohio State's defense, maybe things will go um, Indiana's way. Um, but Ohio State's really over the last few weeks, I believe they've outscored opponents by almost 100 points. It seems like that. Um, mm-hmm. And so they, they've really put the pedal to the metal. They've played complete games, uh, even when they put their second team in late on, later on in the game. So um, you, you never know, uh, especially after watching Big Ten football the last few weeks. Uh, Purdue, Iowa comes to mind um, for me, definitely. So, you know, if they put it all together, I, I expect a, a good game for sure. I know Ohio State uh, wants to rid last year's game from its mind, especially given that it was, a, a, you know, like we mentioned, a one-score game. Mm-hmm. Um, so if Ohio State can finish the game, um, you know, I think, you know, the Buckeyes will, will take that for sure. I, I do agree with you that if Indiana were to win this game or even not win even, but to keep it close, I don't, I don't know if there's a world where they win this game. It would shock me more than any, almost maybe not any result in the sport this season, but it would be one of like the like three most surprising games all year. I think if, if Indiana were to win this game. But if it were to happen somehow, it would take Ty Freifogel being the player he was last year and a guy who has just, you know, been absolutely missing this year. He's been gone. He's been missing in action. So I don't see it happening. But if it were to, it would take that. And, and this Ohio State defensive back group, like you said, has, has struggled at points over the last few years. You know, they traditionally, this there's an argument to be made, Ohio State's DBU. I don't think they've been living up to that name the last couple of years. So if it were to happen, it would make a lot of sense. I mean, hey, this Indiana defense, in my mind, is still the best unit Ohio State will have faced to this point in the season until they play Penn State in a couple of weeks. So with all of that being said, I think there's a world where Indiana keeps it close for a half like they always do in pretty much every big game. It feels like they keep it close for a half and then blow it. We've seen this film a thousand times, right? I don't even know how close it stays for this half. You talked about how badly that Ohio State – offense is blowing teams out from the get-go I mean th- this is explosive in a in a world that we haven't seen all season for Indiana I mean even in the games they've lost and like, think about these these losses Michigan State you know not an exactly a good offensive performance from them Peyton Thorne didn't do a ton of didn't do a ton and and, and uh Walker Kenneth Walker had a bad game against Indiana Cincinnati's offense struggled for for basically that entire first half Penn State's offense didn't do a ton. They only scored 24. It was a shutout. It was the defense who won them that game. And Iowa, well, we've seen Iowa's offense the rest of the season. It's bad. This is by far the best offense Indiana will have played this season. By far. We've seen how good the defense can be against other offenses and not good enough to win them the game, but, you know, good enough to – they should be good enough to win them a game, but the offense has just been so bad – Given the weaknesses of the offense and the strength of Ohio State's offense, really. And let, let me pull out the numbers real quick. Series history. All right. I, I, wanna, I want you to guess this real quick. One last thing here. I want you to guess what is the margin? How badly in the last 25 games in this series, Jacob, and to our listeners at home, you can guess too. What is the series score? It's been 25 straight wins for Ohio State. What's the series score in that? How many, wow. more or less, how many points has Ohio State outscored Indiana by? 
Well, I mean, given you mentioned Ohio State's winning streak dates, dates back to last century, I mean, 1991. And, and these these Ohio State teams, the the margin, I'll guess. Yeah, I'll go. I'll go similar to what the line is for this week. How about twenty-one? How about you think that? they've outscored them by twenty-one total? Oh, total points. Total points. Total average points. Average per game. Total points. Total points. Oh, that's that's an even greater question. Ohio State's outscored opponents recently. Well, I'll, I'll go hundred and fifty points. How Try about that? Over five hundred. Uh, no the series wow. score the last twenty-five games is Ohio State nine hundred and sixty-six, Indiana four hundred and fourteen. I think we get a little bit of that medicine again this week. Give me Ohio State 37, Indiana 13. Hey, that's not a bad uh, score prediction. You know, I, I think I would have had something similar. Um, this may be one of my first, you know, score predictions on record for this week. I'll, I'll go 42 to 14, uh, given that Ohio State's allowed 13 to Rutgers and then 17 to Maryland um, two weeks ago last time Ohio State was on the field. And so I think Ohio State, and given the state of college football this year, where we've seen Alabama lose um, a game, the door, I think, for Ohio State, after the Oregon game in week two, I think the door was cracked. Now, a month later, the door is wide open. Teams are looking in, and they're looking to make a splash and solidify their resume. And I think Ohio State knocks two birds with one stone here. They get rid of that taste from the 2020 game against Indiana, and then they still solidify their status as a national champion contender um, against a team that, you know, it's a conference game for Ohio State on the road. Uh, night game is an environment where Ohio State, like we mentioned, they've got a couple storylines they want to write here. So, you know, Ohio State's offense is going to play all four quarters, I think. Um, I-, I wonder if there's going to be another defensive score. Um, I'd like to see the linebackers, you know, step up a little bit more. So we talked with Taraja Mitchell, one of Ohio State's captains this week after practice, and he said, but they're close. They're going to get one. And so I believe him. Maybe Taraja Mitchell is my in-game prop pick for – uh, maybe a pick six to continue the Buckeyes streak there. I like it. That? Interesting. Interesting pick there. Uh, yeah. So that'll do it for today's podcast. Jacob, where can the people find you? Absolutely, Patrick. You know, you can find me on Twitter at Jacob Benz. You can find me on social media under most of those. Like you mentioned, I'm the assistant sports editor at the student paper here at Ohio State. Uh, the Lantern. I currently freelance for the Associated Press. The Lantern. Um, the Lantern. Ooh, I like that. I like that. I like that the vibe, Patrick. Lantern. Put that <laughs> we'll on a shirt. That, yeah. If you guys start selling that. <laughs> hey, hey, we'll take it. NIL, well, NIL money. Home <laughs> Quinn Let's yours. Get in on that. Oh, man, we'll have to get him on. He's definitely benefited <laughs> from that. Man, can't say, I, can't say I'm not too jealous, but hey. And he's made a million dollars and he's not even 20 years old. But. <laughs> unbelievable he's not even played a snap and he's already made all that money for for those of you who don't know what we're talking about ohio state has a five-star quarterback who has not played a snap he reclassified from high school early so he could take a million dollar nil deal yeah that's ohio state football for you that is what indiana is going up against uh safe to say the odds are stacked against them they're 20 point home underdogs we'll see though hey stranger things have happened this season it's been a crazy college football season if there was a year for it to happen it's this one. All I got to say. So, Jacob, thank you for joining us today on the IDS's Indiana Football Podcast, Reach for the Pod. You can find all our stuff at IDSnews.com. We'll have plenty of content this week and all season long, Indiana football, Indiana basketball, Indiana women's basketball, and all 24 IU sports. So thank you for joining us, and we will see you next time. Bye.